Hey guys, this is Dr. Michael Viscarelli of Golden, Colorado, co-founder of Amped, co-founder of MindTweak, and LaunchTour. And I'm excited to say you are listening to Kyra Candy with Billy Sticker. You are listening to Kyra Candy, the podcast of sweet chiropractic success. Here's your host, Billy Sticker. Welcome to episode 107 of Cairo Candy. I'm Billy Sticker, and uh, I hope you are a longtime listener. If you're new to the show, welcome. But if you've listened to the show in the past, you probably know that my background is sales and marketing. Uh, I'm not a chiropractor. I used to work in office for a few years uh, in a clinic that had a couple of different offices, and I handled all the, I was over all the marketing and stuff, and that's where I was first introduced to really the philosophy and really what chiropractic was. A family friend was a chiropractor, and I'd gone a couple of times just, you know, what if I tweaked my neck and uh, lifting weights, and, and you know, he'd, I'd go for just, you know, three or four adjustments, was feeling better. He'd slap me on the butt, kick me out the door, and I, I was never educated on exactly what chiropractic was. And um, anyway, I'm kind of chasing a, a rabbit here, but... My background being more of the sales aspect, of the marketing aspect, how do you position your product or service in a way that's attractive and meets the needs of your prospective client, which in your case would be your patient. Um, so they just, I, I love all that. And whenever I was sales manager, you know, I spent 17 years in the precious metals business and, uh, for several years I was sales manager and it was my job to, you know, help train the new guys that we would hire. And then even our, the veterans that had been around a while, you know, being able to continue to push them, continue to educate them to get to the next level to help us grow our business and to help them make more money and everybody grow. Well, there's a lot of those principles that you need really in life in general and whatever you do, but especially in your practice. And I do a lot of marketing, one-on-one marketing for, you know, actually done for you services for doctors, a lot of Facebook stuff. And I can get you a lot of leads coming into your office, but if you can't convert them, if you can't quote unquote, sell them on care, it's not going to do you any good. All the new patients is not going to help you grow your practice if none of them are accepting care. Uh, so this episode, I actually have a special guest, Mr. Hugh Little, and he is known as the sales wizard. He has 46 years in the profession, and he has some great insight from the sales aspect of how you can sell your services without sounding like a used car salesman, you know, without being pushy, but how do you position your your services in such a way that it's a no-brainer and they want to uh, to accept care. So uh, without further ado, let's get on over into the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome to the show, Mr. Hugh Little. How are you, sir? Doing great and really happy and excited to be here with you today, Billy. Well, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, a lot of the listeners, especially if they've listened to a long, a long time, they know that I am a salesperson. My background, I've got 17 years of sales experience in the precious metals industry. Um, and I'm fascinated by it. You know, I think we're all salespeople. So, um, let's get into some of your story. What, what, 
Why sales? Well, I got started uh, 46 years ago when I got out of the Air Force and had several job opportunities, but I decided that I wanted to take a sales job because I thought that uh, there was just an unlimited amount of opportunity to make money there rather than having to be satisfied with whatever salary an employer wanted to pay me. So that that's the reason that I originally chose sales and I went to work in financial sales and I did that for 19 years and eventually retired from that and decided I was way too young to be a gentleman of leisure. So I went on to sell a number of different kinds of things from uh, roofing to advertising to milk, believe it or not. The last job that I had was as the sales manager at a local dairy up in Colorado. And I had a crew of 12 salespeople who went out door to door selling subscriptions for door to door milk uh, service. So that's uh, that's just kind of a, a quick overview of my 46 years of selling. Why are you called the the sales wizard? Well, I'm called that because I decided I should call myself that, that there's a reason why. And the reason is that I said that I had been selling for 46 years. Uh, what I hope you didn't hear me say was that I had sold successfully for 46 years. Because when I first started selling, Billy, I made every stinking mistake you can possibly make in the entire book. And really the only thing that I had going for me was that I had perseverance. I didn't quit. And along the line, after a number of years, I was able to have some mentors help me and just by trial and error learned a lot of things. And I got really, really good at selling. And now I, I really do know how to help chiropractors double their sales and their income in 90 days or less. And that's, I, I'm so sure of that. And I've done it so many times with, with different salespeople now that I actually guarantee that if that doesn't happen, they can have their money back. And so my clients don't have to go through years and years of trial and error to learn how to be sales wizards themselves. They can learn how to be absolutely excellent at selling in a very, very short space of time. And they don't have to go through all of the stuff that I did early on. And as, as a salesperson, you know that there's always some of this, especially at the beginning, you hear no over and over and over again. You walk out of sales conversations and you don't know why in the world they didn't buy from you and what you could have said differently. And it's, it's frustrating. And you go back to the office without a sale and the sales manager says, well, what happened? You're going to have to start making sales or find something else to do. And man, I've been through all of that and way more. And I don't want my clients to have to experience that, at least not any more than they already have. And so they can really shortcut the system. They can learn how to do it right and do it well in a short space of time. So that's why I call myself the sales wizard. And also my wife and I really started that as a joke. One day when I was getting ready to leave for work, I, I sang to her and I said, I'm off to be the wizard, the wonderful wizard of sales. And we both laughed. And I started kind of doing that regularly. So it just kind of stuck. That's, so it, that's, huh? the, that's so the story of the sales wizard. Then why chiropractic? 
first of all, chiropractors have just played such an important role in my life. And one of the biggest things is that I destroyed a shoulder playing football. Now, it wasn't in high school football or the the one spring training that I did with the University of Colorado. I did fine there because they we, they had pads. But what happened was that I was playing, when I was about 30 years old, I was playing in a, in a game uh, with my church team against another team, and it was flag football, no pads. And one of my best buddies, who was actually bigger than I am, and I collided on a kickoff, and it just tore my shoulder to pieces. And that's where I, I caught all of my stress, and I just couldn't seem to get it healed. And I started going to a chiropractor, and he was able to get my shoulder straightened out with a combination of chiropractic and massage. And that was the only thing that worked. The pills that I got before that didn't work. Not anything that I did before that would work to take away the, the pain and the stress and the, and the challenges. And chiropractic did that for me. And when I started my sales coaching practice eight years ago, one of my very first clients was a chiropractor up in Boulder, Colorado. And he still works with me. We still work together. And in the first two months, they doubled their conversion ratio from 32% to 83%. And the rest is kind of history with that chiropractor. And I had so much fun working with him and still do have so much fun working with him, and I just respect the the whole uh, chiropractic profession so much that that's why I decided that I was going to specialize in that particular group of folks. Well, good. So what do you think is one of the most important skills that a chiropractor can develop uh, in their practice and in selling their service? This might surprise some folks because there is there are so many people out there who really believe that being good at sales means you have to be a good talker, that you have to um, have the gift of gab. And I don't think that's the most important skill. It is important to be able to communicate clearly what's in it for somebody to work with you. But I believe that the most important skill that a chiropractor can develop is asking good open-ended questions and being a great listener, learning to listen with their ears and with their, with their head and with their heart. And one of the most important things, and I th- think this is true of people in the medical profession and probably a lot of other professions as well, that um, they have a tendency to be pretty clinical because of the way that they were trained in school. And so, A lot of the questions that they ask are around where does it hurt, how long has it been hurting, what have you tried before, you know, what happened when you tried that. And it's really important to get down on the emotional level with people because as you know, Billy, buying decisions are made with the heart, not the head. Right. So as chiropractors are talking with their practice members or their potential practice members, I believe that it's really important to start talking with them about what's going on in their life. What do they not have in their life right now because their shoulder hurts or their legs or their back hurts? What are they not able to do right now that they really want to do? 
And they'll get so many different answers to that question. Oh, you know, I, I love to pick my grandkids up and swing them around, and they get such a kick out of that, and I can't do it now because my back hurts so bad. I used to go to the, the gym all the time and lift weights and, and work out, and I can't do that anymore because my shoulder hurts so bad, and I've gained 35 pounds, and I can't get in my skinny jeans. And I'd give anything to be able to do that again. And when you can get down to what people's challenges really are, and it's not just that something hurts, it's that their life is being affected in some negative way, or sometimes it's, it's just that they want to go out and do something that's really important to them and something that they haven't done yet that really is a goal. And I, I, I think especially athletes, you know, I want to go out and really compete in an Ironman and I want to perform at peak level. Or I want to be able to play ball uh, and, and just absolutely tear it up uh, without tearing my body up. And so I just want my body to be finely tuned. Or people feel like, you know, I want to have a whole ton of energy. I don't want to come home at the end of the day just uh, totally worn out and sit in my lazy boy and wear the hair off the back of my head. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to go out with my wife and go for walks and play with my kids and go out and be in a softball league. I want to be able to do that, and I don't have the energy to do that right now. So there's either something that people want to get rid of that they don't want in their life, or there's something that they want in their life that they don't have yet, and they want to put it into their life. And if your service, if your care can provide that for them, if it can give them that thing, then, and you can clearly communicate to them that they can have that, then you have a new practice member. So I really believe that that's, that's what selling is, is really about. I really feel like it's not my job as a salesperson to talk people into what, doing what I want them to do or even what I think they should do. I think it's my job to help them do what they want to do. So I have to ask enough really good open-ended questions, questions that require an answer that's more than yes or no, that really provide me with information about what they think, what they feel, what their situation is, what their challenges are, what their goals are, how they see things. And if I, if I know that, if I can have a great conversation with them, and if I can find those things out, then, and if, if my services really can provide what they need, then it's just simply a matter of telling them what's in it for them, not showing up and throwing up about all the great things about me and how wonderful I am and how much education I have and, you know, all those kinds of things, but you statements, you can have, you can do, you can be, you can enjoy, you can have, you can take advantage of. And when, when I started communicating that way and talking with people about what they could have, Billy, it made all the difference in, in the results in my sales. And it's made a tremendous difference in the results that my, my clients have received since I've been coaching. Well, I know you've heard the term you know, the, 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 what's in it for me, you know, the, what is it? Uh, W I I 
FM or, you know, that's the station that everybody listens to. That's it. So they don't care about you and your education as much as they care about, this is my problem. Can you help me with this problem to get to where I want to go? I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, and I forget exactly which podcast it was, but the guy was talking about in your message, you know, he said, some people say that you should set yourself up in your sales or marketing message as, you know, the reluctant hero or, you know, um, you know, the expert. He said, I think for most people out there, you need to set yourself up as the guide. Your job isn't to be all knowing. Your job is just to help your clients get to where they really want to be. And I really liked how he said that, and he did it more eloquently than I did. But it really made sense. Uh, because it, it does, and that was pretty eloquent, too, by the way. Well, thank you. People, <laughs> people spend more time thinking about them than they do thinking about you. So, you know, and I've also heard before, if you can enter the conversation they're already having in their mind, that helps. The interesting thing is that if you look at social media pages, and especially on LinkedIn, where I spend most of my time and do most of my marketing, what you will see over and over and over again on people's summary pages is, uh, I have this much education, and I do this, and I help people do that, and I, 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 we, 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 us, us, us. And that doesn't really answer the question, what's in it for me? Even when people look at at the, the marketing pieces that we put out or listen to a radio ad or see a billboard out on the highway, whatever it is, wherever you're marketing, make that about them. Absolutely. Not, not about us. And so in a good summary, in my opinion, on, on LinkedIn as example, in a good summary, there should be three paragraphs. The first paragraph describes the biggest problem, the biggest challenge that your ideal client has. And when they read that, they should start looking around for the hidden camera in their office or their house because they just know that you've been watching them because you just described exactly what's going on in their life or in their business. The second paragraph is what they can have, that there's a solution to that and that they can have that solution. And the third paragraph is a call to action. Let's get together and chat. Let's um, figure out how to solve the problem. Let's find out if we're really a good fit. So uh, I, I really believe that in marketing messaging, that that is a tremendous formula. And I didn't come up with that by myself. I learned it from uh, another good friend. So that's... If you don't mind, go over those again. I was taking notes and then my son was calling. <laughs> and so I, okay. got a, I got a little bit distracted. I was trying to... Um... Ignore my son, which is the proper thing to do, and uh, and take notes here. So the first paragraph, the first the paragraph, the, the the first paragraph is the biggest challenge that your ideal client has, okay. and once you've worked with, enough with people, you know pretty much what's going on with with your ideal client. Now, none of us are going to appeal to everybody but you want to appeal to your ideal client, the people that you really want to work with. Yeah. So describe their problem. And when you describe their problem, they're going to be looking around saying, 
how did he know <laughs> or how did she know that that's what's going on in my life? Is there a camera here someplace that I didn't see? And then the second paragraph is the solution to it. And that should be written in you statements. You can have, you can do, you can be, you can learn, you can take advantage of. Uh, life doesn't have to be that way. It can be this way for you. And then the third paragraph is a call to action. Let's chat. Uh, let's get together and have a strategy session. Let's figure out how uh, you can move from here to here. Let's yeah, figure out how you can do it differently. This would be great for doctors to have on their about us section of their website. Absolutely. You know, about the doc. Um, one of the most important things on a doctor's website is that page. One of the things, even if it's a, a on a subconscious level, when people go to someone's website, one of the first things they want to do is they want to see the doc. They want to see what he or she looks like. And they may not even realize they're doing this, but you know, how relatable are they? And, uh, you know, there is something to be said about first impressions. And I think this would be a great formula to write that, um, you know, the about the doc section is follow something like this. That's good. And then that needs to carry over into the sales conversations that we have when we're actually sitting down with them or our staff is sitting down with them and having a sales conversation. It carries over in into that as well. Let's, so that I was just going to say, let's kind of talk about that for a second. You said, you know, the our staff having that sales conversation. Do you think it's important that the staff be salespeople also? It's it's tremendously important. And the fact is that as much as some people don't believe this about themselves, we're all salespeople. We've been salespeople since we came out of the womb and started crying because we were hungry or needed our diapers changed. <laughs> because it's a we, good point. We, we sell. We all, all of us do every single day. If you're married, you're a salesperson. If you're, if you have kids like you do, you're a salesperson. You're definitely a salesperson. If you work with somebody or for somebody or somebody works for you, you are a salesperson. So from the time that a practice member or a potential practice member steps through your office front door, they have to have an experience that makes them feel like the most important person in the entire world, that it's all about them. In fact, from the time that the telephone rings and the receptionist picks up that telephone and identifies himself or herself and asks how they can help, the way that they handle that telephone call, the way that they make the person on the other end feel, the way that they answer the question, how much do you charge for an adjustment? By the way, don't ever let your receptionist answer that question with a dollar figure. There are better ways to do it. The people who are your assistants, who are maybe doing an orientation or they're having a sales conversation, the financial conversation after you've talked with them and giving them a report of findings. Your business person, your office manager, who's talking with them about financial things. 
all of those people need to know what's involved in selling and customer service and how to treat the people who walk in the door because you can be the best chiropractor in the entire world. You can know everything about how to do adjustments and how to help people heal uh, themselves, how to have, help them have the best life possible. And if you have a receptionist or an assistant or a business manager or a masseuse who isn't doing it right, they can totally take your business down the tubes. So everybody on your staff needs to be trained in selling and in customer service. Now, especially if you're in a place where it snows, <laughs> it's even more important because if your assistant who does the financial discussions can't make it in because it, they live away from the office and it snowed and they can't get out, whoever's in the office, whether it's you or whether it's another assistant or whether it's re the receptionist or the business manager or whoever it is, they need to just be able to pick up and talk to whoever's coming in the office that day. So I believe that training your staff to be great at selling is as important as you as the chiropractor being uh, trained in selling may be more important. Yeah, I totally agree. It, and it's amazing how many docs out there really don't do a lot of staff training. Uh, they need to know what's the purpose, what's the big picture, you know, where, where are we going here? Uh, are you familiar with the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great? Sure. I love one of the things he says in there about when you get the right people on the bus, you can take that bus anywhere. doesn't matter where the bus is going, but getting the right people on the bus. And I think whenever you have your staff and you've got the right staff, you've got the right people on the bus, just make sure they know where you're going, why you're going, you know, what's the purpose, you know? And if they realize, you know, if these patients don't accept care or they don't stay, that affects their job. That affects their bonuses. That affects, you know, everything. Um, so, yeah, that that's really good. Well, let me ask you this. Talking about, you know, your sales training and what you do for docs, uh, do you have anything, uh, any kind of special offer that you would be willing to, share with and extend to our, our listeners? I really do. If they would like to go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash wizard dash strategy. And that's all lowercase letters, every bit of it. Bit.ly slash wizard dash strategy. That's my calendar. And they can arrange a time to sit down and talk with me for an entire hour. They can ask questions, pick my brain. We'll talk about their practice. We'll talk about their uh, sales. We'll talk about what's going on. They'll get some great ideas and strategies and tips that they can take back to the office immediately and put into practice right then. And now, Billy, I've been doing this for long enough that I know what people are thinking right now as they're listening to that. They're thinking, oh, man, this is a sales guy, and if I take him up on that offer, I'm going to be obligated, and you know he's going to guilt me into spending money with him, and he's going to twist my arm, and he's going to try to do all of those things because he's a good salesman. 
well, I am a good salesman, and that's why I don't do any of those things. And so there, not only is there no charge for that one-hour session, there's no obligation, there's absolutely no pressure whatsoever. At the end of that time together, if you think that my coaching services on an ongoing basis would be of value to you, then we can talk about that. And if not, you can take the things that you learn in the session and you can go back to your practice and apply them and start making more sales and more money. Well, that sounds good. Good. Well, Mr. Hugh Little, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out uh, of your schedule to be on and share with the audience today. Um, I will put a link in our show notes over at Cairo Candy. Uh, for more information about you, your website, uh, we'll put the, the strategy call calendar. We'll put that link in there as well. Uh, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Just that you really can be tremendous at sales. And it, it doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't have to take a, lo- a lot of effort. And you can be tremendous at sales and double your sales and your income in a short period of time without being icky and scary at all. And that's what so many people are afraid of, is that if I have to sell, that means that I have to be high pressure, I have to do things that I don't want to do, people are going to think I'm horrible, you know, all of those kinds of things that people tell themselves about sales, and I'm here to tell you that that's not true. You can be great at sales, in fact, you will be great at sales if you don't do any of those icky, scary, salesy things. So that's what I'd like to leave them with. You know, I've heard it said before, and I think this is extremely true, especially in a doctor's report of findings. Somebody's being sold. Every report that a doc gives, somebody's being sold. Uh, Either the, you know, practice members are selling the doc on why they can't accept care or vice versa. Um, But the good thing is, is, you know, whenever you have a service that you know is going to benefit others, um, then there should be no hesitation. If you know they can use what it is you have to offer to help them get to that place, like you said, to get rid of that pain that's in the way or to get that pleasure that they are seeking that they're having to avoid now to get that in their life, then you have an obligation to do your best to make that impact. Absolutely. And Billy, it's just been absolutely my pleasure to be here. I so much appreciate you inviting me on the show. It was a ton of fun, and I hope I get to come back sometime soon. We'll have to get it scheduled. Thank you. All right, there you have it. You just finished listening to episode 107 of Cairo Candy. Uh, Go ahead and head on over to the show notes, episode 107, and you can find out. You can actually schedule a free, no obligation uh, call with you and he'll sit down with you and just help, you know, help you kind of tweak some of the things that you may be doing in your report to help you close more patients. So uh, head on over to episode 107 so you can get the link to that. But that's it for this week. I hope you guys are having a great spring break. It's a lot of places across the country. It's spring break. I know it is here in Texas. If you're listening to this uh, the day or the week that it's released, Uh, But that's it. We will see you next week on another episode of Cairo Candy. See you.